the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, hey! We don't do that here. We don't do that. Reporters, friends, family, strangers. They're all going to ask the same thing. What happened? This is a question that's going to follow you. How did you lose the streak? And every time, you're going to answer the truth. Bellevue played better than us, and we lost a high school football game. That's football. But it's not you. Don't let a game define who you are. Let the way you live your lives do that. Welcome to the main event. Started out with that clip from the movie When the Game Stands Tall. A great clip and a great movie. Don't let yourself be defined by a game. All you uh, Dodgers fans and Lakers fans, don't let yourself be defined by some team that's not you. Let the way you live your life define you. That's a great, great movie. When the Game Stands Tall. Lots of life lessons in that movie, and it's a true story. So I recommend... That you uh, you have your kids and yourself watch that. And uh, didn't do big things at the box office, but uh, it's on DVD and it's on cable. And it's on cable on uh, about every station, about every other minute. Um, lots of stuff going on this week, and I want to try and get to all of it. But before I do, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, office in Moreno Valley, California. Also offices in... Corona, Temecula, Downey, Westlake Village, and the city of Orange, and coming soon to other places around the around the state or in other states. If you're interested, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and you want to do it before rates get up, go up, or the prices go up any higher, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty, day or night, toll free. Area code eight five five six four zero. 2020. If you want to talk, if you want to get information, but you don't want to talk on the phone uh, for one reason or another, go to edhoffman.net. That's E D H O F F M A N.net. Click on uh, apply now, fill in as much information as you want, and let me know what kind of information you want. And uh, you'll hear back from myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, or Alex Rojas, and we will get you dialed in on whatever kind of uh, real estate project you have going on or need to get strategized um if you hear something you want replayed also on edhoffman.net you can click listen to the main event hear this show as well as four four past shows and you can also get me on itunes and uh, just search ed hoffman on your itunes and it'll pop up on podcasts and you can uh, 
uh, hear this show as well as past four shows. And you can also subscribe for free so it'll pop up on your, your iPhone, your iPad, your iPod, your iWatch, your computer, wherever you have iTunes. And it'll uh, download for free and you can listen anytime you want and not have to watch what time that the answer is playing it on the radio. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can hear my opinionated rants on uh, current events all week long. Uh, follow me at Ed Hoffman and uh, like our Facebook uh, our Facebook page, the Main Event Five Ninety, and uh, go on there and like that too. You'll hear you'll be able to see some see whatever we're posting uh, from on day to day. Uh, again, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, 855-640-2020. And while you're on edhoffman.net, you'll notice the first, the first post there is the boot campaign push-ups for charity coming up next Saturday, next Saturday at my office in Moreno Valley and 23328 Olivewood Plaza. We back up to the 60 freeway. We back up to the 60 freeway where the uh, where the big electronic sign is, and in the parking lot we'll have it all set up. We'll have a stage and pads, and uh, you can come out and experience 90 seconds of what the military guys do. And we're raising money for the boot campaign, which you didn't hear last show. Go on edhoffman.net and listen to last last week's show. We talk a lot about it, and um, and come out and do some push-ups, 90 seconds of push-ups, just to say thank you to these uh, warriors that that sacrifice some of their brain and some of their life and some of their body parts and say, Hey, we're going to make, make a donation. And here's uh we're not only just going to say thank you uh, with our mouth, but we're going to, we're going to symbolically go do some push ups for 90 seconds and live 90 seconds of your life as well. And, uh, and then make a donation. I'll have a big hot dog truck with uh, hot dogs and hamburgers and a big uh, uh, shaved ice machine. I think we've got a, uh, cotton candy and popcorn and uh who knows what all be out there we'll have a uh, media i'll be doing my show live from the uh from the event uh next week and it's going to be a lot of fun so if you can come out and uh, bring your wallet or your credit card so you can uh so you can donate or just go to edhoffman.net click on the the push-ups for charity link and donate and still come out and uh, we're pushing for a hundred thousand dollars right now i think we're just under 10 but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to influence some of my employees. I told my employees that uh, that wholesale capital would match their donations up to twenty five thousand dollars. So if I can get twenty five thousand dollars out of them, then I'm gonna put in uh, from wholesale capital another twenty five thousand. That gets us over fifty, and uh, hopefully we can uh, drive that up higher because I really believe this uh, organization does great things. And uh, but that's next Saturday. If you're interested, go to edhoffman.net or call Michelle. Uh, of course, she won't be in this weekend, but call her during the week, uh, 488-3111, and she'll give you some more information on that as well. So uh, let's get to the show now. Um, in the studio, I have, as I do often, uh, Dr. Dr. Uh, Scott McAfee, uh, proprietor of uh, Don's Bikes and uh, in Rialto and Redlands. I'd have to give you a bike shop. I, I think I have a PhD in common sense. I have to have a, uh, exactly. And I have, to, <laughs> and I have to give you a plug because, uh, you know, you're a Republican, so this is all about making money. So uh, go buy your bikes from uh, Don's Bikes. Say hi to Scott. And uh, and don't buy bikes from Democrat, other other shops. <laughs> uh, buy them from, buy them from uh, Scott. And uh, Don's Bikes, one of the top 100 uh, uh, bike shops in the country. And there's two of them. So does that mean that's uh, your some of the top 200 or 
Wait, you mean two of the top two, top 100? No, I actually, I think we just count as one. Just one company. Yes, okay. we're one big happy one, family. One company with two two locations. Yes. Hey, welcome, welcome back in the house. Yo, Ed, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me back. Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, my about. God. What a week. What a week. Will you be uh, pushing up with us next weekend? I will be there. Awesome. Yes. Bring... And I'm bringing my son out to make him do some push-ups as well. So, yes, we will be there. So, if you are there, say hey to me. Uh, I'd love to meet you in person. Good, uh, and we'll uh, and we'll be doing some push-ups, and uh, we'll find out how out of shape all us old guys are. I will be doing a lot of push-ups because I'm in shape. Well, good for you, Ed. I wasn't a few weeks, a couple of months ago, but I am now. You're looking slim. I am. I dropped 35 pounds, so Excellent. I got a little to go, but I'm going to take a little break and just try to maintain and maintain my sanity at the, at the same time. Okay. So uh, let's see here. Um, first topic, Donald Trump, the Donald Trump effect, despite the corporate backlash against him, Donald Trump is, uh, coming in, in the nationwide polls now, uh, at the top 17% uh, of support, uh, doesn't sound, doesn't sound much like much, but consider the numbers, the other candidate, and this is, this, uh, this poll was probably a couple days ago, um, Jeb Bush at 14, Scott Walker at eight, I think this morning's poll, um, showed Scott Walker above Jeb Bush, and uh, then uh, uh, Ted Cruz at six percent, Marco Rubio at five, Rand Paul, Ben Carson, Mike Huckabee all at four, Chris Christie at three, and uh, everybody else down below three percent. The uh, also Rands at this point. Um, I I got some big political news that segues really nicely into this. Ed, talk me. This is major political let's news. Give us some uh, some uh, Trump news. Then. All right. Well, here here we go. Um, there's something we ha- we obviously have a lot in common, but we have more in common than you know. Besides our right wing extremist political ideology, we both have sisters who are hardcore liberal Democrats. And you've talked about your sister on the air. Yes, I have. Renee, I believe is her name. Is that, that is, correct? That is correct. Okay. You told me she's a practicing Jewish person. Right? Yes. Okay. And she's actually been to Israel as well. Yes, she was in Israel when uh, Hurricane uh, was Sandy. Was it the one right before the election? Okay. That The Chris Christie bear hug? Yes. All right. She couldn't get home because of that. All right. Um, well, you know, and, and of course, it's never made any sense to me how somebody could be a practicing Jew and still be a Democrat any more than it makes sense. You could be a practicing Catholic and be a Democrat. But that's that's a separate topic. Either way, we have this in common. We both. And, and as, as you pointed out on the show, I've had plenty of political debates uh, with my sister uh, around uh, the Thanksgiving, the holidays. You know, we go at it. And I did learn one thing from my sister, and that's to stop yelling when I'm having these debates, because things I get kind of loud, you know, when, when this happens. That's why they call it yelling. Correct. Um, so I've learned to kind of like try and express my political views in a more calm and and subdued uh, way. I did notice your your logical debating from the last uh, last time you were on. There you go. All right. Well, but my sister told me something like a week ago that just absolutely floored me because I'm talking to her and I said, hey, so are you all excited about Hillary? She goes, I am absolutely not voting for Hillary Clinton. And, I'm, and, and just to set the context for this, my sister has worked on Democrat campaigns. She's done Democrat fundraisers. She was a delegate for Bill Clinton, went to his inauguration. We're talking hardcore liberal left wing Democrat. And she doesn't listen to the show, by the way, too. And I do love her dearly. But when she told me she's not voting for Hillary, I'm you like, say she does or doesn't. She did. She does what? Listen to this show. She does. All right. Yes. She, she's a listener. Okay. Um, We're working. We're yeah, there working you go. And she told me I'm absolutely not voting for Hillary Clinton. I go, what do you mean? You have to vote for Hillary. You're a Democrat. Isn't that what Democrats do? She goes, nope. She goes, you know who really impresses me? I go, no. She goes, Donald Trump. 
like, Donald Trump? I go, what do you mean? And she said, actually, she goes, I like the fact that he's coming out against illegal immigration. He's telling it like it is. And people don't want to hear. People are, are liking this, you know, and thinking, wow, I am. I'm absolutely shocked. Um, and I said, hey, do you mind if I share this on the air? She goes, yeah, go ahead. She goes, just don't use my name. I'm like, OK, fine. I guess my point is that. What, what is your sister's name? Janet. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. Oh, Darn. Man. Uh, well, I didn't say her last name, though. Uh, I would bet. I bet I know. <laughs> anyway, I know her don't do it. Um, but anyways, so the point is that uh, and I, I like to have kind of a circle of friends and associates that are Democrats because I kind of like to keep my finger on the pulse of what they're thinking. I can tell you this. There's not a lot of enthusiasm for Hillary Clinton. There's just not. And the fact that my sister you know, after all these debates we've had, is going to vote for Donald. And I told her, I said, look, if this election was held right now, you're telling me you'd vote for Donald Trump. And she said, yes. And I, I'm just floored. I'm absolutely floored. So the point is, these debates sometimes do work, Ed. Well, I'll say I will say that Donald Trump is saying the things that people are people are just at that point where the straw is, is about to break the camel's back. We're being tired. We're tired of hearing the gay people uh, put. In, um, push their push their their lifestyle on us. We're tired of the of people of the illegal immigrants coming over and everybody and making us pay for them. We're tired of all the hey, we don't want to be we don't want to upset anybody. The the radical Muslims that are attacking us, we don't want to upset the Muslims because it's not all radical Muslims. It's it's not all Muslims are bad. Okay, well you know what. I want to call a spade a spade. I want to say, hey, this is BS, and and Trump is saying it. I mean, when eighty percent of the female people coming over the over the border uh, have reported that they've been sexually assaulted on their way over, who else is raping them? Well, yeah, and, and is it the border patrol? Right. Um, hey, it could be the uh, the Mexican border patrol. Who knows? I don't know. But um, but the interesting thing for my sister, though, the issue was immigration. Uh, she's sick of it and she's had enough. And that's her issue. And I'm thinking, heck, for your sister, I think the issue should maybe be this Iranian deal, which we'll talk about later. But uh-huh. but the point is, Trump's telling like it is. That probably accounts why he's at the top of the list right now of Republican candidates with 17 percent. And I think, and I think the other candidates. I would, I would say, if I was, if I was a candidate, knowing that, I would say, hey, he's saying what we're all thinking. He's saying, I, I say, I don't agree with the way he's saying it. I mean, I do, but you know, if you're a candidate, say, I may not agree with the way he's saying it as bluntly as he is and potentially offending people. But you know what? It needs to be said. It, it does, and obviously, and there it's has the been, truth. Correct. And we've we've got some clips of some of the reactions from other candidates to Donald Trump. So let's uh, let's play Lindsey Graham to start out with one of my okay. favorites. What I think he's doing is being a demagogue. I think he's uninformed uh, about the situation regarding the illegal immigrant population. What happened in San Francisco is appalling, but it does not represent the 11 million. And I what? think he's hijacked the debate. I think he's a wrecking ball for the future of the Republican Party with the Hispanic community, and we need to push back. Did he say the 11 men? No, he said the 11 million. Oh, which, okay. Which if it's been 11 million since 2005, the reality is we've got about 30 million illegals over here and it continues. And you know what? Who cares? Who cares if, if the guy in San Francisco represents, it doesn't represent all of them. Well, it, repre- it represents that if we, if we made people, if we sealed the border and deported somebody who did something bad, they wouldn't be able to get back. 
Exactly. And Lindsey Graham's been part of the problem on this issue, too, which is why his approval ratings, I think, are like, what is it, 1%? Because he is running for president, but everybody, like, forgot uh, that he's running for president. He's a nobody. Yep. Okay, let's go. uh, Jeb Bush made a comment. Mr. Trump has every right to have every belief he has. He's going to run. That's fine. But I don't I don't want to be associated with the uh, kind of vitriol that he's uh, spewing out these days. Yeah, something comes to mind. The word uh, called wussy. Like soft on immigration, which is what Jeb Bush is, uh, which is why he does not deserve to be our candidate, in I my opinion. I don't want to be associated with that. You know, it's... Nah, I think he... I think some someone he's... Hey, hey... It's the truth. Let's go to Rick Perry. Well, what I would say is that we want somebody that's actually dealt with this before, not somebody that's just going to shoot from the hip. And I will suggest to you, I know how to secure the border. And the border security is the real issue here. It's not painting with this broad brush that obviously I think uh, Donald Trump painted with, where he tried to say, you know, Mexicans are bad people. They're rapists and murderers. Yes, they're bad people that cross that border. But how about let's get a commander in chief that knows how to secure the border. And at that particular time, we can have a conversation about how to deal with this immigration issue. You, but in the not meantime, till Governor that border Perry, is secure. I would agree. I would agree with what he's saying. With hey, let's let's seal the border and then have have a discussion. He really didn't. He really didn't go too much counter. He didn't really counter go against what Trump said that much. True. And the interesting thing my sister said though is Trump. One of his mistakes was not was making this largely about Mexico when we've got a ton of illegal immigration coming from other countries as well, like India and China and South America. So it's not just a Mexican issue. But they're all coming through Mexico through the South border. Exactly. Well, or many are overstaying visas as well. That's also a big problem. Correct. But that just means we need to actually make some of our departments work yep you, you want to hear you should we play the other clip you know or? i i will say one thing i remember the day that rick perry's 2012 campaign came to an end uh and it wasn't when he couldn't remember the name of three government agencies that he wanted to shut down when his campaign came to an end was when he was he wanted people to have a heart about all the mexicans that were coming over and how we need to educate their children uh i don't know if you want to play that clip or not uh, yeah go ahead let's play it. all right but the fact of the matter is this There is nobody on this stage who has spent more time working on border security than I have. For a decade, I've been the governor of a state with a 1,200-mile border with Mexico. We put $400 million of our taxpayer money into securing that border. We've got our Texas Ranger recon teams there now. I supported Arizona's immigration law by joining in that lawsuit to defend it. Every day, I have Texans on that border that are doing their job. But if you say that we should not educate children who have come into our state for no other uh, reason than they've been brought there by no fault of their own, I don't think you have a heart. We need to be educating these children because they will become a drag on our society. I think that's what Texans wanted to do. Out of 181 members of the Texas legislature, when this issue came up, only four dissenting votes. This was a state issue. Texans voted on it, and I still support it greatly. Senator Santorum. There's the booze. I think... Uh, I think... He should have said, "You either need to to realize that these people are going to be a drag on our society, 
if we if we're not willing to completely seal the border and there needs to be one one stance or another and he could have he could have said what he said a lot more eloquently i just think i think 2012 rick perry got in uh, completely unprepared. Sure. Well, guess what? He's about. Uh, he's not even in the top ten right now in terms of the polls. And I know he was your number one guy there, Ed, for a while. Yeah, he was. Uh, and you know, I when I listen to him talk, you know, he's inspirational. Um, I don't like the the soft the soft response he has to Trump. I think he should say, "Hey, Trump's saying this, and I'll agree with some of it." But we need to do that and just start talking about what he's going to do. Kind of similar to what uh, Scott Walker uh, has his comments that are coming up right now. The uh, I don't I don't think Scott Walker really disagreed with him at all. Just stepped in and made his made his plan. Go ahead and play Scott Walker's comments. I respectfully disagree with him. I I, I have a policy when it comes to immigration. Mine is simple: secure the border. Enforce the law. I don't believe in, in amnesty. I believe citizens should, should have a high bar. And I believe that for legal immigration, we should go forward with a plan that puts priority on American working families and their wages in a way that improves the economy. As you said, he's not really disagreeing with Trump. He's just saying it probably in a more, I don't know, rational approach, maybe a little more. A little less uh, politically uh, charged. Acceptable. Right. Um, he also said our immigration po- uh, policy should be. Um, should make a little bit more sense and, uh, and have, I forget the exact words he said. like based on need, the need of the country. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like it was prior to 1965 when Teddy Kennedy, uh, passed his immigration reform bill and basically the whole emphasis of, of, uh, Ann Coulter's book, Adios America is that, Hey, at once, you know, once upon a time we brought people in based on what they could do for the country, not what we could do for them. And it we wasn't just, hey, if you apply, you're in. Right, exactly. So speaking of Scott Walker. Speaking of Scott Walker. We like Scott Walker. He and just he finally, announced. He finally announced his uh, presidency. Uh, he was a governor of Wisconsin uh, since 2010. They tried to recall him. Uh, he passed his recall uh, recall vote in 2012. Um, and the, the debate was over... Uh, the unions, basically, and if you read his book, Unintimidated, uh, it shows what a dadgum superstar this guy is. And uh, and you know when he when he someone asked how he would handle uh, standing up to the terrorists, he goes, "Well, I had a hundred thousand dollar hundred thousand protesters in in the Capitol at one time, and I can if I can handle them, I can handle this." You know, and people go, "Ah, what is that supposed to mean that you have protesters and terrorists are the same?" Well, you know what? He had people making uh, death threats, showing up at his mom's house, at his house, uh, following his kids to school. I would say sometimes these protesters, these union thugs that uh, you know that, that are controlling lots and lots and lots of money, um, can be as dangerous as as uh, terrorists when they want to be. And uh, if you don't remember the story, it, you know the, the Democrats ran from Wisconsin and ran over the state line and stayed in, in Illinois uh, just so they wouldn't have to come back and and, uh, and vote on the, on the I forget the name, the Plan 10 or something that he passed, and uh, which basically took away collective bargaining rights for the unions and basically turned their whole educational system around and took their uh, state from, from a, from a, um, a, 
uh, not a, from a deficit to a surplus and turn their whole state around and uh, without having to lay off a bunch of people. And uh, I like Scott Walker. His, well, his story is absolutely amazing. And it's funny because even since we've been talking about this over a period of months, your top three, Rick Perry, uh, Scott Walker, and Ben Carson, my top three, um, uh, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Scott Walker. Well, which of those candidates do we both have in our top three? Scott Walker. It's been Scott Walker. And I'll say any reservations I had about Scott Walker in the past, like, is he kind of boring? Is he strong enough? How does he speak? I've heard him speak a fair amount over the last week. I'm really, really impressed. Uh, what don't I like about Scott Walker? Nothing. I like everything about this guy. And some of the points you just made, no other candidate, nobody else running has been through what this guy's been through. Nobody has taken on the political left to the extent that this guy has and won. A uh, hundred thousand protesters, a hundred million dollars. The political left threw at this guy. They had they had the president come in. Uh, they were, imagine coming to wholesale capital ed, and your business is surrounded by tens of thousands of protesters every day. They're taking over the building. They're harassing you. Imagine the pressure. Imagine the heat from that. I don't know if I could even hold up against something like that. Not only did he hold up, he won. The list of accomplishments this guy has it basically blows everybody else away on the stage, politically mm -hmm. speaking. Oh, but, but he doesn't have a college degree. Which, which, for which me, is another accomplishment. Which, which for me, I say, who cares? I don't have a college degree either, and I'm doing just fine. If you want, I'll go, go through a list, list of things go I ahead. really like about Scott Walker. Number one, if I had to summarize him in a word, he's genuine. Number two, he's accomplished. Uh, oops, looks like we're gonna have to, I'm going to have to come back after the break. We'll be right back with uh, part two of the main event. Don't go away. We've got five minutes of commercials and traffic and weather. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. If we're not talking uh, mortgages on this show, we're talking politics. But if you hear something that sounds like common sense and you need a mortgage, 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. So with me in the studio is Scott McAfee, a proprietor of Scott's Bikes. Welcome back, Wait, Scott. you said it's Don's Bikes, Ed. That's a, Everybody does that. Did I say Don's Bikes? You said Scott's Bikes. Oh, it should be, should be Scott's Bikes. <laughs> I Get at a Red Bull. Hey, if you need if you need a bike, go to call Scott. But it's at Don's Bikes. Yes, you should probably get. Scott. If you want to talk politics, call me at nine zero nine eight seven five seven three one zero. That's nine zero nine eight seven five seven three one zero. We can talk politics. Too. All righty then. But buy a bike. <laughs> buy a bike. He's there to make to make some money. So uh, so we were talking about Scott Walker. Yes. And um, one of the things that when the uh, Democrats all ran to uh, to Illinois. Uh, and they couldn't vote on the on the plan 10 to get to take away collective bargaining rights he told all his all his uh his state senators and their uh assembly people go back to your districts and talk to your people and we'll and we'll meet back next week when they went back to the and talked to the people the people go wait a minute teachers public employees pay how much for their for their plans they get what kind of plans and when they started finding out what the what the the unions were costing the the taxpayers for better plans than what the taxpayers get uh they said hey you stand up we're behind you and and all of them came back with renewed uh, sense of uh sense of uh of purpose on what they were doing but uh he uh, he announced his his candidacy this this uh this week on uh, monday and let's play a few clips from his candidacy speech 
I'm for reform, growth, safety. I'm for transferring power from Washington into the hands of hardworking taxpayers in states all across the country. That's real reform. I'm for building a better economy that allows everyone to live their piece of the American dream. That's pro-growth. And I'm for protecting our children and our grandchildren from radical Islamic terrorism and all other threats in the world. That's true safety. My record shows that I know how to fight and win. Now more than ever, America needs a president who will fight and win for America. I'm in. Uh, Me too. Uh, his list of accomplishments in Wisconsin is amazing. Uh, he's taken unemployment from 8% down to 4%. He took a $3 billion deficit. Now they have a surplus. Uh, he got rid of a lot of the union powers that were ruining that state. He's lowered taxes. The state's number two, I believe, in education. He uses the word Muslim extremism, Ed. Uh, he's not politically correct. He's pro-life, requiring ultrasounds for anybody that wants an abortion. That's so That's so smart. Um, He's just a regular guy uh, that's done some amazing things, and nobody running has this kind of track record. Uh, that is correct. Uh, let's go on to, to uh, uh, part two where he's talking about reducing government dependency. When we help people, adults who are able to work transition from government dependence to true independence. We help more people live that piece of the American dream. We have a program right here in Wisconsin that, that requires people to be signed up for one of our employability training programs, one of our job training programs before they can get a welfare check. And now, as of the budget I just signed, we make the same requirement to make sure people can pass a drug test before they get a welfare check. That's right. Now, you can only imagine what the the defenders of the status quo thought when I proposed those reforms. They said I was making it harder to get government assistance. My reply, no, I'm making it easier to get a job. And isn't that what it's all about? That is what what it's all about, getting jobs, getting uh, people off of the government dole, not onto the government dole. Yep. Well, not only that, but, you know, hearing this guy actually fielding questions, Salman Hannity, he just seems very at ease, very comfortable with himself. Uh, And again, just like a regular guy. So uh, I'd say he's probably at the top of my list right now. Uh, I'm I'm there, too. Okay. Okay. uh, And the last clip we have. We need to terminate that deal on the very first day in office. Put in place crippling economic sanctions on Iran and convince our allies to do exactly the same thing. Earlier this year, President Obama declared, he proclaimed that the greatest threat to future generations is global warming, climate change. Well, Mr. President, I respectfully disagree. The greatest threat to future generations is radical Islamic terrorism, and we need to do something about it. And uh, radical Islamic terrorism, is there any of that going on now? Gee, uh, what do you know, Ed? We just had a shooting this week. Hopefully Uh, we'll get a chance to talk about that as well. well. Let's let's do it right now. Radical Islamic terrorism, we have uh, some, uh, and the the White House is calling it 
um, domestic terrorist, a white, a white domestic terrorist. Uh, of course, he's white, but his name was Mohammed Yusuf Abdulaziz. Ab- Abdulaziz. Something like that, whatever. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, you know, just uh, drove up to a uh, military recruiting place, unloaded a bunch of un- un- unnamed amount of uh, bullets into uh, one one uh, facility, then drove over to another, uh, uh, I think it was, is it a naval yard or... Um, to another military installation, right? And uh, and pulled his uh, pulled some big rifle out and some automatic weapon and started shooting and uh, killed four Marines and injured uh, injured a, na- a naval recruiter before a police department uh, 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 shot him dead. And um, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me a that our military guys aren't are in no gun zones. Wait. You guys are trained to use weapons, and you're not armed. What's up? What's up with that? Well, that and that's definitely one of the solutions to this problem. Uh, one of the Marines, by the way, had received two Purple Hearts. This was a decorated war veteran. Um, the the saddest thing to me is hearing all the media talk about. Well, what's the motive? What's the motive? I knew what the motive was before I even knew who the suspect was. Ed, and the sad thing is, is everybody knows what the motive is. Jihad. Do we need to say it? It's Islam, and it's the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad. That's the motive. Oops, I said it. Not politically correct, is it, Ed? Nope. But I said it, but and we, everybody knows the motive. That's what they expect on the main event. That's right. Say it like it is. There's, I think there's two solutions. And I guess the sad thing, as I look at situations like this, and I'm thinking, how in a free and open society do we stop these kind of attacks? I, I don't know. A, you seal the borders so people that we don't know aren't coming in. Yep. B, you shut down immigration. Shut down immigration until you can fix it. Especially which was, from the Middle East. Which is one of uh, uh, Ann Coulter's things in her book is stop anybody from immigrating until we till we clean it up. Seal the borders. And um, and then there's this place called Manzanar up on 395 that we used to put I go after World <laughs> War II. I think we could... But anybody, anybody who's Muslim that is uh, questionable on as to uh, where their motives are, just fill fill those places up. Well, I think I think the one thing you alluded to earlier is we need to arm Marines. There's no reason why Marines shouldn't be able to carry firearms with them on base as well as off base. As you said, they are trained to handle firearms. Uh, to have them unarmed, it leaves them like sitting ducks, especially in light of the fact that ISIS has deliberately emphasized attacking mm-hmm. military personnel and police officers. Um, and by the way, that right was taken away by the Clinton administration back in the 90s because uh, it used to be that you know people in the military could carry firearms when they're on base. Thanks, Bill Clinton, for that. They should be able to uh, carry. Mil- they should be able to carry firearms at all times. Correct. Correct. I'd say. I'd say most guys that I know that are cops are always carrying, whether they're on duty or not. Right. So uh, it's just a habit. So maybe we should get the military guys to be in that kind of a habit as well. Yep. So, uh, but you know, uh, it's just domestic terrorism. Okay. And just it's not it's not um, Islamic terrorism. Right. Apparently, this guy had some ties. Either his family came over from Kuwait. Isn't that a country that we liberated? Uh, yeah, we. Yeah, did. that was. He's uh, born thanks. in Kuwait. He's 24 years old, so he's been uh, immigrated since the 60s, and uh, so he probably since the 80s, and 
That was a good. That was a good call. Yeah, immigrate, good... immigrate this family. They have a lot. They they bring a lot to the table to help our country be better. Exactly. We need to start thinking about what makes us better, not what makes their lives better. We don't. Have, we can't be be obligated to take care of everybody in the world. We need to take care of the Americans. And if we're going to let people over, let's make sure they bring something to the table to help our country, um, to make it. It's certainly not to make it worse, but to make it better. So uh, let's go on with uh, the the nuclear deal with Iran. So uh, uh, apparently we got a deal with Iran. Um, the the president just agreed to it this week. The United States and the other Western powers will lift international sanctions on Iran and permit it to continue key elements of his nuclear work as well as research and development. Iran will be permitted to continue spinning centrifuges, which are used to enrich uranium, the key component in a nuclear bomb. Western powers will work with Iran to help install and operate more advanced centrifuges. We're going to help them. Um, economic sanctions will be lifted on Iran, meaning that they'll have immediate access to hundreds of billions of dollars that were previously frozen, including those banks with financial sectors uh, that have long supported Iran's sponsorship of international terrorist groups, especially Iranian revenue frozen in foreign banks will be unblocked and returned to the Islamic Republic so they can do with it what they want, uh, like training terrorists to bomb us. A United Nations embargo on Iranian arms will be lifted within five years' time, and within eight years, Iran will once be allowed, once again be allowed to construct ballistic missiles. Uh, okay, this is a good deal for them so far. And then Iran will be given the right to veto so-called anywhere, anytime inspections of Iranian nuclear sites so that it can continue to conduct nuclear testing in secret. For a time, Iran will be permitted to keep its military sites off limits to invest to uh, inspectors. I also heard that uh, I also heard that uh, there's a 24-day waiting period that we have to tell them 24 days before they. So hey, we're gonna come inspect your place. Okay, we're gonna today is the first. We're gonna be there on the 25th. So don't be messing around with anything. We're coming to check on, see what you're doing. Uh, okay, we'll see you in 24 days. Quick, everybody, move all the stuff out. You know, Iranian President Hassan Rouhani uh, declared that this nation's prayers have come true. And meanwhile, all this stuff is going on. The Iranians and the Ayatollah Ayatollah Khamenei, or however you sell, say it, uh, they're chanting. They're chanting "Death to America, Death to Israel" in the streets as this is going on and burning American and Israeli flags. Uh, Scott. At my reaction when I first heard about this, that they actually had a deal, is that it makes me physically ill. Like, I want to go over in the corner and just throw up. Um, and I think that if 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 this doesn't bother you uh, to hear what's going on, uh, something's wrong with you. You're either not paying attention or you're a sociopath. Um, it's horrible. Um, I feel bad on so many different levels. It's depressing uh, because of the stupid decisions the United States has made and who we've elected. I kind of get it that we have to suffer through things like Obamacare. Uh, so and those sorts of things. I mean, I don't think I deserve to suffer because I didn't vote for him. Uh, but now the rest of the world has to suffer. We've got tens, tens of thousands of people dead in the Middle East, in in Iraq, uh, because of the decisions this president's made. Well, now the rest of the world has to suffer with this. Um, so we're, you know, it, it, I guess my question is: by the time this clown has left office, are they going to interrupt his golf game to let him know that Iran just detonated its first nuclear bomb? 
Um, I don't think that'll happen before he leaves office, and I don't. I'm really saying think... after. This will probably happen after he leaves office. I don't think and he's he'll playing care. golf in Hawaii somewhere. Well, I sure hope so. I'm sure the I'm sure we'll be talking about it. Yep, we'll be talking about it. We'll make sure somebody tells him. Well, hey, we could do a live remote from Hawaii. There you go. Yeah, that's a good live from the Hilton Hawaiian Village. Scott and Ed. <laughs> All righty then. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, the United States gets nothing that we know of, even not the hostages freed. So there's four American hostages being held in Iran. One is uh, Pastor Saeed Abedini, jailed in Iran since 2012 because he's a Christian. Jason Razian, at a Washington Post uh, bureau chief, former Marine Amir Hekmadi, and a retired FBI agent, uh, Robert Levinson. When it came to Army deserter, uh, Sergeant Bo Bergdahl, the deserter, uh, Obama decided to turn over five Taliban prisoners just to get him back. And now four innocent Americans sit jailed, starved, and maybe even tortured. And despite all the concessions that we just gave them, we didn't even ask for them to come back. So uh, so the president had a news conference uh, the other day, and he had uh, apparently Major Garrett used to be on Fox. Apparently he's in C- on CBS now. And uh, and since he's on CBS, I guess Obama forgot that he used to be on Fox and and gave him opportunity to ask a question at a press conference. And this is how that went. As you well know, there are four Americans in Iran, three held on trumped up charges, according to your administration, one whereabouts unknown. Can you tell the country, sir, why you are content with all the fanfare around this deal to leave the conscious of this nation, the strength of this nation unaccounted for in relation to these four Americans? And last week, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said under no circumstances should there be any relief for Iran in terms of ballistic missiles or conventional weapons. It is perceived that that was a last-minute capitulation in these negotiations. Many in the Pentagon feel you've left the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff hung out to dry. Could you comment? i got to give you credit, Major, for how you craft those, uh, those questions. For the, the notion that I am content as I celebrate with American citizens languishing in Iranian jails? Major, that, that's nonsense. And you should know better. I've met with the families of some of those folks. Nobody's content. And our diplomats and our teams are working diligently to try to get them out. Now, if the question is why we did not tie the negotiations to their release, think about the logic that that creates. Suddenly, Iran realizes, you know what, maybe we can get additional concessions out of the Americans uh, by holding these individuals. Makes it much more difficult for us to walk away if Iran somehow thinks that a nuclear deal is dependent in some fashion on the nuclear deal. And, by the way, if we had walked away from the nuclear deal, we'd still be pushing them just as hard to get these folks out. That's why those issues are not connected. But we are working every single day to try to get them out and won't stop until they're up and rejoined with their families. I have to say, what a crock of crap. Does, it, does he seem like he's content? He seems content to me. 
because he's not doing anything about it. And, of course, he wasn't at the bargaining table. Uh, uh, Lurch was. Um, John, uh, Secretary of State John Kerry and a bunch of other weirdos um, were, were there. And why wouldn't you bring that up? Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, I think his logic is, is illogical, makes no sense. And you know, we're, we're working diligently. You've been working diligently for three, three and a half years. And how come you don't have him out? Didn't take you that long to get Bergdahl out. Oh yeah, you just traded for some. Uh, we traded traded one little wimpy wimpy deserter, and we gave away uh, five high level terrorists that are willing to cut people's heads off. Um, but this, the, we're working diligently to get these guys out, uh, but we're not getting anywhere because we got to go on vacations and play golf and Scotty. Well, you know, a couple of things. Number one, he said, yeah, you should have known better. Almost like he's talking to a little child. You should know better than that little Johnny than to ask me that kind of question. His answer didn't make any sense. It really didn't make any sense. And you can tell it sort of caught him off guard, caught him off his teleprompter a little bit there. A um, couple footnotes for me. Why, why is this deal so bad? In case you're one of the people that's just not paying attention. Um, the same idiot woman that brokered this deal also brokered the North Korean deal. And we all know who that turned out. Uh, number two, it allows Iran to get intercontinental ballistic missiles. Ed, why do they need intercontinental ballistic missiles? Only if they want to send missiles uh, to other continents. They're not going to send greeting cards in those missiles, are they? No, and they're probably not going to send them. They don't. They don't need uh, ICBMs to go from Korea to South Korea or to J- or to China or Japan because they're close enough. Correct. Um, intercontinental would indicate they're going to send them to us. That could be a possibility. Why would why would we uh, why would we give them the opportunity to have uh, missiles that could hit us? What do they need those things for? I guess is the question. Um, number three, this regime is the largest sponsor of worldwide terrorism, and I thought we didn't negotiate with terrorists. Ed, uh, who's we? We is in the United States. Uh, apparently, apparently it's. Obama does. Okay. All right. Uh, we already talked about four Americans still in prison, some prison hellhole, and and our this is and our obviously our commander in chief has nothing but stupid, pointless answers when posed that question. Um, just a week before the Ayatollah, the Ayatollah Khomeini, Khomeini, whatever, it's all the same to me. Uh, they were shouting "Death to America." I actually, they have like a day in the month that's kind of "Death to America" day where they get out and chant that stuff. It's actually a monthly uh, occurrence that they do. It's sort of like a holiday. For them, um, inspections are going to be a joke. Uh, the twenty-four-day waiting period you're talking about. After that, we actually have to file for requests that they get to vote on. So we can file the request, wait for twenty-four days, then they get to vote whether they actually get to do the inspection or not. Um, number seven, we put we're, we're, we're basically giving them one hundred and fifty billion dollars to put into their terror stockpile fund. But the Democrats um, say, well, that wasn't our money to begin with. Uh, whatever. Yeah. They're getting the money now, wherever you want to say that came from. Either way, they're getting the money. Um, there's also, and this is one of the worst parts of all, there's actually a clause in this thing that states that the U.S. will intervene in the event that someone attempts to interfere with Iran's nuclear program. So what does that mean? That means if Israel says, okay, we've had enough, we're going in, what are we going to do, intercept Israeli planes? Um, the last thing, if you didn't get any of the rest of this, they're going to build a bomb. They're going to build a nuclear bomb. They're insane. Their ideology is insane. And they're going to use this. So now this thing's going to go before a vote to Congress. Uh, and we all know how the Democrats are going to vote because they're a bunch of cowards. Ed? Um, we're going to put, we're going to put 
a list of uh, congressional. We're going to put the list up on my website, edhoffman.net. So when you're going there to make a donation to uh, uh, push-ups for charity uh, this weekend, um, click on your uh, click on the uh, list of of uh, Congress people and senators. We're going to put everybody in California up there um, and call your congressperson and say, hey. Vote down this Iranian deal. This is not a good deal for my grandkids to have a world to live in, and uh, and so we'll find your find your congressperson, find your senator, and pick up the phone, shoot them an email. Let's make sure that that uh, Cong- Congress and Senate knows that we're not behind this, and let's flood let's flood them. So I'll put that up on uh, on edhoffman.net. It'll be up by uh, by this weekend. And uh, you guys do that. And while you're on the website, go to Push Ups for Charity, the very fir- th- first thing, and donate to that. Right. And I will say, I think we have the power to stop this. We really do. Uh, I think if the American people stepped up, uh, made their voices heard, protest, send those emails, send those phone calls, I think we can stop this. This is something I think Ed and I will be talking about more and more over the next, uh, whatever, couple months they have to vote on this thing. Um, obviously, Ed, we, we do want to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good being Scott Walker, the bad, this Iranian deal, the ugly. I think we have a few minutes for Hillary Clinton yeah, and her Hillary, comments yeah, she, on the Iranian she, deal. She's definitely the ugly. Let's there play Hillary. This is an important step that puts uh, the lid on Iran's nuclear uh, programs, and it will enable us then to turn our attention, as it must, uh, to doing what we can with other uh, partners in the region and beyond uh, to try to uh, prevent and contain uh, Iran's uh, other bad uh, actions. Uh, so all in all, uh, I think we have to look at this seriously, uh, evaluate it carefully. Uh, but I believe, based on what I know now, uh, this is an important step. Did she say anything? I have no idea what she just said. She said, uh, it's an important step. Uh, Something I, about uh, other bad behaviors. What other bad behaviors? Yeah, if they if they have other bad behaviors, why are we... Getting in bed with them and oh, let's let's start out. These guys are not behaving nice. They're doing some stuff that we don't agree with, but let's start out with let's just put our toe in the water and give them a freaking nuclear bomb. Well, and this talk about bad behaviors once again, it's like we're talking about children. Let's just put the Ayatollah in time out. That's that's the answer. We're not talking about children. We're talking about Islamic radical maniacs who have who have created more death in the world than any other force that we've seen. Uh, these aren't kids, and to talk about it in those terms makes no sense. And we didn't even mention that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu came on the morning that they agreed and said this is a historic mistake, a huge historic mistake. And uh, because they still want to destroy Israel. Anyway, we're out of time. Scott, thanks for coming on again. Ed, it's always a blast. And uh, everybody go to uh, edhoffman.net and let's do some push-ups next week. And make a donation if you're not coming out. Make a donation if you're coming out. Let's raise some money for these people. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.